What's up, everybody? Thanks for hanging out with me today in Dad's Crib. This is my first interview episode, and I have an extremely special guest today. And um, while I was getting all this ready, I was trying to figure out who I wanted to be my first guest. And a lot of people came to mind. And looking him in the eye right now, I'm going to tell him he wasn't on the list as first episodes because he's a very busy person and so we just don't get to hang out like that anymore so um just out the blue as fate would have it he hit me up last week and said hey man it is about time for us to get together and do a happy hour and catch up and so even you know then I was like cool we had it had it on the books hadn't thought much about it and it hit me this morning this is who has to be the first guest and I will tell you why he doesn't even know why he really had to be the first guest but I will tell you in just a second so I'm going to tell you a little bit about him before I tell you who he is he was once the highest recruited high school player in Texas knee blew out or had a knee injury back before it was so easy to fix knee injuries he still went on to be a starting quarterback for UNT. You can actually play him as a character on one of the most coveted franchises ever in video game history, NCAA. You can see him every week right now during high school football season on Texas 21 high school football. And he's going to get into some new stuff he's doing that I didn't even know about. Uh, what else, man? Um, you and, you already got more than I even. <laughs> <laughs> and this dude has the purest golf swing you will ever see. And we'll get a little bit more into that. But when I tell you this man has the purest golf swing you will ever see, believe me. And I'm talking pro. My guest today is my friend, my brother, somebody I love dearly. We go way back. We are probably yeah. 20 years now into this. His name is Ladaren L.D. McLean, yep. and I can tell you I am so happy to have him here. What's up, man? Man, what's going on? How, how am I supposed to uphold to that introduction? Because you bring out stuff that I, one, had totally forgotten about. We do go back 20 years. I've been a bad friend. You know, we, we do get busy in life, and, you know, we got kids. I'm pretty sure we're going to touch on and stuff like that, but – um, Randy's always been one that I'm always got that one like, man, I probably need to reach out to him, say what's up, and see what he's up to now. And you're definitely up to doing this. Yeah, I am up to doing this, man. But this really goes into why we are here talking about this right now. Um, this goes into that we, we, when we had an off off um, my combo about being the first generation. Yep. Of um, you know, of these all-in dads, and we get busy, man. I think the beautiful thing, especially about a lot of men now, we know, like, if that call comes in, they're there, right? It's not about if I call you every day. It's not about if I text you every day. It's not about, you know, but 
if I, if that call comes in, yeah, we there. And yeah, and that's right. and at this point, that's all that's all that counts. How can you live up to what I said? <laughs> Problem is, you don't have to because what I said has already been done. Yeah. It's already been done. So you don't have to live up to it. Well, already, you know that first guess, you, you know, that, that, that initial. Hey, man. Yeah, you, know, you break the seal on something, right? You Listen. know, you want to do it, do it the right way. You're a pro at this. You do this, <laughs> this for a living. So real quick, other than, because you, you told me a couple other things, but other than the high school football that you've been doing for how many, how many seasons have you done? Oh, my gosh. Year? It's going on, what, 14 seasons now? Yeah, 14 seasons doing that. And now it's morphed into, you know, how can we do more with this at Texas 21? Um, you know, now that's bled over into ESPN Plus, ESPN 3, um, and college football. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, the, and, and all it is is that it's just, it's just doing something that I'm, that I'm comfortable with. Right. And yeah. that's just talking football, and that's, that's all it is, 100%, man. man. 100%. <laughs> From the day I met you, man, I knew I, I had just met somebody special. I knew it. And I'm going to go into how we met in just a second. But um, why you needed to be the first guest? Yeah, let's let's get let's get to that. Let's get to. So, I played a lot of golf before I met LD. LD and I met on the golf course. We became really good friends, and so we played and practiced every day. Now, this is going to be a far stretch. I know he's going not agree with this probably but if i've ever met if i ever met anybody in my life that naturally had the mamba mentality it's ld that he he was up early he was grinding away on his game and he worked late grinding away on his game while he was still grinding away at life at work relationship everything so I had already been to the course that day because I lived at the course. <laughs> and I get a phone call from my wife, and she says, meet me at the bank. And she had to do some business in the bank. So I meet her at the bank, and she comes out. She gets in my car, and she can't hold water. She literally cannot hold water. And she tosses me a plastic bag with a pregnancy test in it. And I look at it and I'm like, oh man. <laughs> and it's so crazy. If anybody's ever gone through this, like it said, congratulations on the bag written in blue ink. And I'm looking at her like, what? Like, what? And finally my focus, my focus kind of comes out and I see this congratulations on the bag. And I'm like stunned yeah. as we all are at that time. And I'm like, wow, okay. And she, at the time, had to go somewhere else. Like, she wasn't going home, and she had a little more work to do. And so she says, what are you going to do? And I said, I'm going back to the course. <laughs> and everybody thinks I – everybody looks at it like, I, I, oh, I just found out you're pregnant. I'm going back to play golf. That wasn't it. The golf course, the range was my sanctuary. That's yep. where I thought. Yep. That's where I found solace. Yep. Yep. That's where I found peace. And on my way to the course, I picked up the phone and I called LD. And I said, meet me at the course. I said, can you come to the course? 
And he said, yeah. He said, I'm on my way there anyway. So I get there, and he's practicing, and we jump in the cart, and we, we decide to go play a few holes. And I look at him. I said, man, guess what? He said, what? I said, Joe's pregnant. Yeah. I remember that. So he was the first person to find out yep. that I was going to become a dad. Yep. And when I thought about that today, although this was not planned, we was going to happy hour. We having a happy hour. It's fate, man. I was like, I got it. He has to be the first one. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And, and I sent him a text and said, hey, do you mind doing the pod today? And he said, for sure. And so here we are. Yeah, here and we that, are. That's why, yeah, you had to be the first one. Well, man, and, I appreciate and, it. And fate just happened um, to put us here. I remember that like it was yesterday, too. Um, but. Not to get too far into that about you and I. I mean, I'm sure we'll have time maybe touch on some things. We laid a foundation back then, man. Yes, sir. You couldn't say Randy and LD and put golf. You couldn't say that without. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. We that that was that was it. That was it. That was it. Yeah. And it was more than golf. From because we talked about things about kind of dad stuff before we were even dads. Of course, right? Yeah. So. We laid a foundation that goes beyond swinging the club. What I'm most fond of is that I know I can always come to you and talk to you about anything. I'm honored, man. Hey, man. I'm honored. So let me um, – I'm just going to tell you real quick how we met because uh, I think it's a great story. <laughs> I was on the golf course, like I said, daily. And I was out on the range. And everybody got to know me. You know, I'm, I'm one of those people – that I can see things better than I can do things. I can coach things better than I can probably do them. But I have an eye. Mm -hmm. And I was on the range at the time, and I was actually doing some mental coaching yep. at the time. But I was on the range. Never met OD before. I think he had just started coming to the club. And I hadn't paid much attention to him at the time, but I was helping somebody else with some swing stuff. And when I, when I was done, I turned around, and here's this guy, and, and LD's 6'3", probably 6'2 and a half now. You, you, look short. you know, you got to slump over when you yeah, get old, man. right? 6'3", built pretty much like a linebacker, right? But slim, trim, cut. And he looks at me and goes, you mind taking a look at my swing? I said, sure, no worries, no problem. So I walk over, and he grabs a club. And I don't even—I don't want to get into a whole bunch of golf stories, but to give you an idea, he hits a three iron with the velocity and the trajectory of probably a seven or eight iron. And he... I've seen him actually hit a pitching wedge 170 yards. And this is not brute, brute strength. This is all technique and it's so pure and so natural. So I'm sitting up here watching this guy hit this ball like I had never seen a ball hit before. And he's asking me to look at his swing and see if I see anything. And we start working from there. Yep. And we start working on it. We it wasn't much to work on the swing, but I was always there to to say, "Hey, you're doing this or you're doing that." 
but more than anything, we really got into the mental side of yep. it. We, we, we worked on it. Um, LD, there's some famous stories of him throwing clubs in the trees. <laughs> stories of him clubs. I've grown out of that. Grown out of Glad that. to hear that. <laughs> and there, and that's what we worked on. We worked on trying to get him to stay within himself. We had some good times and we had some success, successes. And, you know, some things didn't work the way we want them to, but it moved on and we, we had a good time mm-hmm. doing that. Now, I'm going to say this, and I hope it gets back to him. The beautiful thing about this, he still can't beat his dad. <laughs> you had to bring that up. Yeah. Yeah, he still. Yeah. Now, you talk. I say LD has the purest swing I've ever seen, and that's only because his dad is in the stratosphere that is like uh, yeah, nobody so. else. He's 77 this year. 77 years old. This year. And just as Yeah, he can shoot his A's like nothing still yeah. to this day. I've, I've watched him drop a ball on a green from a hundred some uh, yards away and you don't even hear it. Nope. It's so soft. Yep. It's ridiculous. Man. <clears throat> it's and so, incredible. So that, that leads us into the whole dad thing. So you, you, you learn from your dad. So dad was good about um, life lessons. In my household, we learned life lessons through sports. We just had a sports family. I had two older sisters. They ran track. They were cheerleaders. They were basketball players. I played football. I played every sport you could imagine. But golf was where I learned the most. And it's not necessarily on the course with that. It was driving to the course. And then that's where I would get, he'd ask me questions. How you doing? You know, what's going on? You know, what girl you talking to? That's where I got the foundation of being a dad now, you know, with my own son now, Blake, of trying to pepper him with questions just to try to get a vibe because Blake didn't is not having that connection where he can wake up every day and see his dad. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, he he doesn't have that where he can just walk down the hall, you know, at the end of the, you know, I come home from work and say, Dad, hey, f- help me with your homework because me and his mom are separated and it's been like that for quite some time. But um, you kind of got to have to try to go the extra mile to try to do that. So what I learned from my dad is to always, you know, pepper him with questions, be into it, you know, be resourceful to him in the sense that, you know, you know, this is dad, you know. And right. um, I try to get away from being a too much of a buddy but at the same time you still got to be a friend to your yeah. kid you know yeah. that's a that's a, that's a main thing they they got to feel comfortable to come to you 100%. um so i i learned that until this day you know my bad my dad being 77 years old um we kid we we like boys right right yeah. you know yeah. so it comes full circle and um so yeah man it's just one of those things that um it's just funny now you see yourself you know me now being 42 you know, when I was a little kid, you know, 12, you know, going to 20 and 22, 25, 30, you know, um, all these things that I may have taken for granted from dad, just the advice, just the little, the little nuggets and stuff. You don't, you, you appreciate it somewhat then, but when you get older now and it's on you, you look at it and say, damn, you know, man, I swear, I probably should have, I should have paid more attention. Man, I should have gone with dad, you know, you know what I mean? It's one of those things. So yeah, on that note, let me ask you this. As, as a parent, that is my hardest thing 
the waiting out of them because I'm very protective and I, I, I would admit I'm probably a little overprotective and I want so much for them, you know, and I, I feel like they have opportunities they're not taking, taking advantage of. Mm -hmm. And RJ will tell you this and Austin will tell you this. Austin will tell you, I told him this last week. The thing that scares me the most is that you're going to be in a situation one day and you're going to say, you're going to think back to a conversation and say, I should have listened. Man, I should have listened. But do you think that from that perspective there, you put in a little bit too much pressure on yourself because you can only do so much to tell your kid, instruct them, give them life lessons, but they got to learn and live their own lives too, right? They, they have to experience failure. They have to experience successes. They have to experience the ups and downs. And so it may not be a bad thing for them to say, you know what? I should have listened because maybe it's meant for them at that moment in time for them to finally get it. It may not be meant for them when they're five. 100%. Eight. Yeah. No, 100%. You know what I'm saying? It's, it, it, yeah, <clears throat> I know. And that, that's the only way I get through. Is it through to have that mindset is to right. kind of have that mindset that is as frustrated as I might be as as scared. I'm not as afraid to say as scared as as much as it scares me because, you know, I go from you not wanting to work hard at yeah. a sport to seeing them like homeless on skid row. Like <laughs> uh, yeah. so for me, there's there's no in between. Like, you know, <laughs> no, what I'm saying? I, no, I get that. You know, there's no in between. You know, and I, I try to get better and I go through my, my phases of being better about that. <laughs> but we know, you know, youth is wasted on the young. Right. Right. And there's only there's a chosen few that absorbed and utilized the wisdom that was offered to them mm -hmm. by their elders. And so this is not new. It mm -hmm. happened before us. It's happening now. It's going to happen. After. It's going to always happen. Yep. It's going to always happen. But like you said, at the end of the day, your dad being, you know, there doing that. Yep. And even through golf and even riding to the golf course, you know, um, now you look back on it and you know that that's where that wisdom yeah. came from. And you got to think, too, my dad being 77, right? He came up in a time where black folks couldn't even go to the water fountain. His white right. people, right? Se separate schools. You know, he had to endure that lifestyle, right? Right. Um, my grandfather and my dad got killed in a hunting accident. Uh, my dad was very young. Okay. So it, it's, it's kind of going, my dad grew up kind of without a dad, mm -hmm. around all the time, to he is giving all these life, life lessons he learned the hard way. Right. You know, the experimental. Right. I come along, he's passing those on loan to me. And he was there every day. Now I got my son. Mm -hmm. I'm not there every day. And so that's that, that. When you think about that, that resonates pretty tough with me because all I've ever wanted was to have a son. You know, I love girls too. I mean, I grew up with sisters and. Um, yeah, get that in because you know, girl dad. Is I, know, I know, I know, girl, girl dad, dad is trending there. right and, now. And you know, I always thought I was going to be a good girl dad. Yeah, I always yeah, thought course. that. Yeah, of course. But. You know, I did get that son. And so 
I have to live, and I don't know if necessarily it's guilt or, or, or selfishness that I'm living with because it was a selfish decision at that moment in time to separate from his mom, right? Because that was not a decision that was thought of for Blake. And so now we've got the dynamic to where, again, I'm going back to where I'm not there every day. And so it is a challenge to where to be that dad, you've got to, you've got to run through some hoops. And it's just ironic to be like that. My dad grew up kind of without his dad. He's the dad where I'm growing up with the dad every single day. Mm-hmm. And then now my son is not growing up with a dad there every single day because I hate to say it when you have custodial parents and not every dynamic is like that. My situation is how it is in the books where I'm kind of visiting. Right. And right. so mentally for me, that is a challenge because I know, cause I've been passed down from my dad. I want to give all these things to my son, but the way things are structured, that is a frustrating thing. And so to your point, you know, I hope my son is listening. Right. You know, because my time with him is on a clock. You know what I mean? And so that's frustrating for me because, like you said, I'm busy. I'm, I'm doing different things. And you're trying to juggle a bunch of different things. See, I wonder if yours resonate more than mine. Yeah. Because, you know, I'm, I'm with the boys. Well, again, we talked about this off air. You know, RJ's getting older, so I'm not with him. But that's by his choice, right? Because he's getting older, friends, he's just start working, you know, but he knows if I call dad, dad's there. If I, if I need to go see dad, dad's there. Yeah. You know, he knows, he knows that, right? And, and so, but in being such close proximity, it's a constant chatter. Me giving them stuff, yeah. giving them too, you know, and it might be too much and it becomes... It just becomes background chatter. Mm-hmm. Whereas, you know, with your son, it might be like, oh, wow, there is a gym, right? I don't hear, they're not hearing mm-hmm. constant feedback right. you know, from them. Right. So, you know, and again, I, I think, like you said, at, at the end of the day, I'm not quite sure that, you know, it, they hear it anyway. Yeah. All we can hope, all we can hope is that we instill it in them. Right. Long enough. Right. You know, I, I have a theory. Um, and uh, I have a theory to parenting. And I'm just going to throw this out, especially in the first episode. And I always said, you know, for me, raising my kid, I said, imagine your dad coming to you on your birthday, every birthday. And the first birthday, he gives you a toolbox. Right. And you go damn toolbox I don't want no damn toolbox but you know they, and they give you the they give you the Xbox but they give you a toolbox and every Christmas you know they give you a wrench and they give you a screwdriver and they give you a saw and they give you you know they give you all these tools and you put them in the toolbox and you have you don't want them like you like what do I need this for I don't want this and they grow up and they they get a house and they get a wife yeah. and they get a family something breaks gotta go to that toolbox and they it hits them yeah gotta go i got a toolbox right i got a toolbox and I, that's one way i've always approached parenting is that they may not need it now but i'm trying to put stuff in the toolbox absolutely 
it's so hard to, to feel secure in what you're doing. It's so hard to feel safe. And, and again, you know, we, we've talked about this and, and that's, we, we parenting at a different level. Mm-hmm. I really believe that, mm-hmm. you know, even like you said, your dad was there every day, you know, it's still parenting at a different level. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe we're so invested in our kids' mental health. Right. You know, um, you mentioned something before we started and, you know, it was just like, what I heard is that it was your son's mental health you was worried about or mental, the perception. Mm-hmm. Um, you probably had the closest I knew to somebody who had the, the Mamba mentality mm-hmm. because of the way you approached playing the game. Like you really wanted to play the game. Whenever I tell your story and people ask me what happened, I always said the one thing you didn't have that Kobe had was that ability to not give a shit about anybody around you. Amen. Above that goal. Yeah. You try to juggle yeah. that dream with making everybody around you happy. And it wasn't just her. Right. It was making your sisters happy. Right. It was making your dad happy. It was making your mom happy. It was making your girlfriend at the time. Right. Who eventually became your wife. It was trying to juggle that dream and make them happy at the same time. Right. Whereas we know the Tigers, the Kobe's, the Jordans, all those people. They shut that all down. They shut that all down. Everything else became, everything became secondary. And I'm not saying that that is the way. And I'm not saying that that's the right way to do things. Right. I'm just saying that I noticed that. I realized that. No, you're 100% correct because I thought I could probably bring them along, mm-hmm. you know, because at the time, you and I had something pretty going pretty good because I had never approached the mental side, which was my only challenge because physically, I think I could play with anybody, right? right. But golf is such a mental game. I mean, it's 90% mental and 10% of what you physically can do. Right. And so we tried to mitigate, try to, try to bridge that gap to where the 90% got down a little bit lower and then my physical attributes could just be natural. And so to your point of what you're saying, I wanted everybody to be a part of this process. Right. But to be elite, to take the next step, right. You almost have to be selfish to the process. 100%. And I didn't want to do that because, you know, in in the moment, you know, I'm 20. uh, You you was a little bit older than me back then. But, you know, in in the early 20s, your early 30s, whatever like that. um, I I didn't, I didn't, I knew it, but I didn't, didn't want to accept it, right? I didn't want to. Say I need to I need to shut this down and really focus in on that, right. um, and that's the difference between the good and the great to be the mama mentality to where you know Kobe and all Tyke all those guys were. You had to make sacrifices, and I didn't know at the time that I was willing to make that sacrifice. At yeah. the time, I was yeah. willing to put in the work. I was willing to put in the hours it took like that. But the other things that close the deal with your family, your girlfriends, your parents, you know, all that kind of stuff. Eventually a kid. 
Yeah, eventually because, a kid because, and that came around. I'm yeah. gonna tell you, um, that's what happened to me. You know, me and my kids have a we have a a joke. You know, I look at RJ and go, man, you ruined my you you ruined my golf career. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you ruined you ruined my golf career. Right? It's a, it's yeah. a running joke that yeah. man, you ruined. My, yeah, and I know even you, at one point things got so crazy and so hectic that you stepped away from the game. Yeah, one hundred percent. Long time. You know. Yeah, and, and it was part of. You know, they tell you the 10,000 hours, right? You put it in there. I know we put over way 10,000 hours, mm-hmm. you know, in the golf. But it got to be where golf started to define who I was. And I didn't know if I was cool with that. Okay. that That's interesting, yeah. I, I, did, I didn't know because – I wanted it to be something that I did, but I didn't want it to be something that who I, who I was. I didn't, you know what I mean? I didn't want it to define me at some point in time. So, and I had put all this time and effort into it and felt like I didn't get the return on investment that I wanted, you know? And it got to a point where I just need to walk away from this. Maybe, maybe, I, maybe, maybe this is not in my cards to do, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there was a long time Blake was born in 2008. Um, I kind of picked it back up, but there was a long stretch, um, the recent stretch, you know. Right. Um, I didn't pick up a club for for a while, like years, you know. Um, Did you miss it? Or was it part of a life's past? I that think I have – I don't know if I missed it, but I had a different appreciation for it. Okay. The things that you used to tell me, I still I still think of those things today. Right. You know, you used to tell me back in the day, um, just just have a fun round. Just don't even keep score, right? Yeah. You know, because I was so caught up on score, 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 right. score, score, and you had to break that for me so bad. To sometimes you just need to go out and play. You right. just need to go play golf, hit golf shots. You know, don't worry about score. And I do that now. That like that's that's how I play. Right. Like I go out. To hit the golf shot. I don't worry about what I'm shooting. I don't worry about, you know, how I'm looking or anything. I'm going out there to hit golf shot because my mind, because we put so much time back 20-something years, 20 years ago, man. We put so much time into that. I have a foundation of I can see that shot. You used to tell me a lot of times, hit that golf shot in your mind, right? Like, see it. Like, see that shot. You know, if it's a dog leg left. You need to hit this tee shot. You need to see that ball drawn from right to left. That's how I play. And I have appreciation for that now. At the time, it was just like a quick fix. It was just like, I, I need to do this. But now. Like what your dad told yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. I want to learn. <laughs> but now it's an art. Now, and now yeah. it's an appreciation. Now it's ingrained. Yeah, it's, it's ingrained. It's, it's, and so that's a, that's a different approach. And there is something to the fact. And you could almost apply this to anything. Of course. You know, the, the older you get. Things kind of slow down for you. You appreciate literally the finer things in life. It can be dad. You can be parenting, being as a dad. You kind of mm-hmm. now you've seen so many different things. You can appreciate, you know, the little nuances in life. The little the little nuggets you can pass along to your kid. You can pass it along to the family, friends, or whatever. Um, but golf is such a difficult sport, right? That you know, you can get kind of caught up in trying to master it. No, you can't master it. You can't. And you can't master being a dad. You can't master it. But, yeah, yeah. you can be pretty close. 
you can shoot your best shot. You can shoot your best shot for the day. You know, like literally, you can shoot your best shot to bring you back. Yeah, you can shoot your best shot. I think that's the thing. You can shoot your best shot. Yeah, for the day. Yeah, absolutely. And and sometimes what you think is a mistake in parenting ends up being one of the best things you can do. And sometimes you think what what's going to work. Yeah, ends up falling dead flat. I want to go back and I laid a lot out on that one, didn't I? I, I, I went long on that one. <laughs> no, no, no. Hey, man. Hey, if 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 it's interesting, people will listen. Yeah. If it's not, they they cut it off a long time ago, right? So that's where we are. You know, this is this for me. For me, this is what this is. Yeah. Right. It's not about if it's thirty minutes, if it's an hour, if it touches the tone. At the end of the day, man. Yeah. This is what I want to listen to in my last days. Just my friends talking about what we did and, you know, being parents. So let's go back to you finding out you was about to have a kid. Oh, yeah. What, what, tell me about that experience. So at the time, <laughs> you know, it's kind of funny how we were wild, wild, how we were wired. Um, I said, dang, my golf going to be cut down. <laughs> <laughs> that's the first thing and i didn't know if i should feel bad about that or it's just who at the time who that's what we did right what we did. so blake was born in 2008 um I, I, we had been married probably three years at that time and um once the golf nuances and Oh man, am I gonna be able to play? Once that wore off, then reality sets in as a dad, and I'm like, yeah, this is this is it, you know. Um, but I happened to be with a pretty good partner at the time mm-hmm. that knew me, right? And we were a golf family, yes. And that's how we were going to be. So everything was structured in a such to where I'm gonna be dad, always gonna be dad. I'm gonna be there whatever, but you better get out and practice. Yeah. And so I do appreciate my ex-wife for that. Right. I do appreciate for that. And I actually, I wanted to mention that real quick because I want to get back to it. That was the one thing I do want to put out there is that she was very supportive yeah. of what you did. She, she, saw, she saw the talent that you had yep. and she appreciated the talent that you had and she was supportive of the talent you she know supportive of it. not to cut y'all yeah she probably knew it better than i did i think everybody did i i and, i and, really and i, I want to kind of move on from golf but i do want to say this i've never met somebody with a talent so extraordinary that is so humble about it that everybody around him knew that he had this talent and everybody around him appreciated this talent and everybody around him bragged about this talent more than he did. Me and my friends, other people have a story that I'm not going to tell it now. Look out for a bonus, some bonus. I'm going to tell, there was a story I'm going to tell on a bonus episode after this. That is one of the best stories I tell but 
for time's sake, I'm not going to tell him now. Um, he's the most humble person I know um, with the talent that he had. And I think the people around him really valued that talent more than he did at the time. So I appreciate um, that, brother. So the first time you see your, your son, was you in the was you in the delivery? Room? I was there. Was I was there. Yeah, was, I was, there. was you up top or did you, was you down? I was middle. You, <laughs> <laughs> you, did, I was I was brave enough to not go too far down to be the catcher. You know position. what I'm saying? But I was I was right there to where, you know. Yeah, it, it's funny. we got live action. You, you, you didn't see the breach, but you no, saw, yeah, there, no. There, you was at, you was close enough to see half in, half yeah, out. Yeah, 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 Listen, yeah, yeah, yeah. My uh, our um, pediatrician, the lady who delivered my first son, I was standing up top. Okay, you know I'm okay. cheerleading up top, and she looks at me. She goes, "Get down here and see your baby oh, being born." Oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy! So, so I was, I was front center, boy. You know, you know what I'm saying? What was what? Did, right then, what was your? You know, what, it's kind of it's it's a surreal moment. Yes, because you're, you you almost can't believe it's happening, right? I mean, you're about to see another life come into the world. Forget it's yours, right? For, okay, let's just take the fact that it is your child right. out. Right. But you're witnessing another life come into the world. You hear stories about it. You see it in the movies. But reality sets in. It's a different ball it's game. A whole different ball, yeah. But now throw back in as your child. Yeah. And I don't know about you. I'm thinking about, okay, what are we going to do? Medical bills, whatever. You know, how can we get them out? And so. <laughs> can we get them out? Yeah. Are they, they going to hold them? Are they going to hold them as collateral? Can make sure it's mine. <laughs> so, but. Um, I, can, I, can, I can never really put into words that moment. Okay. But even at the time when Blake, Blake came out nine weeks early. Oh, see, so I, you forgot I, about yeah, that. I, yeah. So Blake was nine weeks early. So so it's scary. It's, so it was scary. You, you got that element of yeah. it. It's a beautiful thing. Um, Blake was born three pounds six ounces. Okay. And which, by those standards now, by those standards, was good, not great. Good, not great. Now three pounds they're yeah. like that's normal i mean you but, know they, yeah. they, they can yeah still yeah so back in those days back in back in those days that was only 11 years ago but 2008 um Stop we didn't age. we did, we couldn't bring blake home blake right. blake stayed in that hospital for three more weeks okay. before we could take him home oh, see yeah so man now you're you're a new parent you're experiencing this new life and man we gotta we gotta go to the hospital just to visit our kids yeah. We got to drive home. We got to leave our kid at the hospital. Yeah. So already off the bat, being new parents, you're sitting there saying, man, what, what you know, did we, did we do the right thing in bringing the ch this child into this life? He, did, he, he didn't ask he for didn't this. Ask this. Yeah. So, um, but to answer your question, no, it was, it was surreal. It was a moment I'll never forget. And, and now to, to see him fully grown, 11 years old, about to be 12, um, you see him healthy as just all get out. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's just amazing, man. Yeah. Um, I can honestly say we, um, 
you know, we went through the, I mean, to the day, almost to the day, you know, to the day to, for both of my boys. It was almost to the day. Matter of fact, um, the second one, the, <laughs> RJ, the oldest, we was, had a doctor's appointment that morning and they was going to talk about inducing. And Joe woke up that morning and was like, I'm feeling a little, they was like, oh, you're in labor. You know, she had a doctor's appointment that morning. We went in and they was like, yeah, you're in labor. So go home, get your, you know, it was, it was so crazy. Cause it was like, go home, get your bags, have some lunch, whatever, come back. We'll get you admitted, <laughs> you know? And it, it just kind of went down like that. And, you know, day later we took them home, whole nine yards, same thing with Austin. Well, she got induced for Austin and, but you know, we didn't have those complications luckily. The one thing I, I tell people, I had a client last week and I tell this to people all the time. And I don't know if maybe it's just me. Um, in my background, but I tell people all the time, man, you, you just never, you don't understand love. You thought, you thought you loved until yeah. you had that kid. Yep. And when you have that kid, man, it's, it's, um, it's another level. It's a whole nother level, whole nother level. Yeah. And, and that's the one thing too, um, you know, people can tell you, people can, you can read it in a book, you can watch a, you know, uh, I don't know, a YouTube video or whatever like this and get the experience. But until you experience it and it's yours and you see that child brought into this world, man, that love, that, there's nothing. Did you cry? I, I kind of got really emotional, but I didn't, I didn't, you know, the tears, now nah, I'm, you know, I'm trying to be hard, you know, back then, you know. Young guy. Um, now nah, I didn't cry, but you, you feel the emotion, you know. This is a beautiful moment that you get to, you know, experience. And, um, you know, like I said, I never will forget that. And, um, you know, you talk about love. Man, right then, you ain't even seen this child two minutes, a minute in this world. But that love is just, it's just something, it's something. that's innate in us. Yeah. And this is how we're wired as human beings. And we're just automatically protective of it, you know, right then and there. Right then. Right and there. man, it's just, it's just unbelievable. It's just so hard to describe. And so, you know, if anybody out there, you're looking to have a kid or anything like that, man, cherish that moment, cherish the process. You know, we talked about process in sports yeah. and golf and everything, but cherish the process, process leading up to that too. Remember all those things. I do remember when, when my ex-wife, it was go time, right? And, um, you know, you have the bags, you know, you, you had the bags ready. It's, it's at the door. You need to run out. You're ready to go. Well, it's go time. And I'm like, you serious? We get in the car and, uh, I'm on the highway. And going this down. is nine weeks early. So you just, nine yeah. weeks early. So yeah. we kind of freaking out, but yeah. we kind of excited. We don't really know. So we get in the car, get the bags already packed and we hit it. Well, there's a little bit of traffic. And, um, at that time we lived in little Elm and 380 going to, um, the, the Denton Hospital. It was one lane. Yeah, yeah, back in those days. Yeah. Well, I see a policeman on the side of the road. And I pulled up next to him. I said, sir, my wife is literally in labor right now. Is there any way that you can help us? Randy, I put my hand on right up his witness. He escorted us. Really? Yes. He, put, know- he put on the flashers. He escorted us. All the way, it was 423 back then, 423 all the way to 35 
E and W. I forget the hospitals. I think it's Denton Regional, something like that. Um, to thirty-five. So that's a good little clip that you're yeah. trying to drive a little bit yeah. all the way. You know? Do you know the beautiful thing about that? And a lot of people don't know this. That's against procedure. It is against procedure. It's one hundred totally against procedure. procedure. Because if they're escorting you like that and something happens, of course you can come back and sue them. Yeah, so absolutely. It used to be like they'll be like, if you want to get in the back, I can take you. Yeah, but I can't escort just you. escort you. So yeah, I mean, you know, that did, you might want to look that dude up and. I I mean it it was a godsend because he just didn't even hesitate. Right. Right. And so. Right then off the bat, we already started. It's just so much. It's like a movie. Mm-hmm. All this is happening. You got the kid coming nine weeks early. We get escorted to the hospital. The labor itself, you know, the delivery of the baby was flawless. I mean, it was it was quick. I mean, it was like, I think we got there like at 9 a.m. Blake was born at 901. Wow. <laughs> I mean, yeah. it, it, wow. it, it, I mean, literally, it was it was like like that. And so um, all of that was great. And I think at the time. We were really trying to figure out what we're going to name him. You know, you go through that. You go through the whole books of trying to find out. You just you try to get all the uh, calculations and the dates of when the the child is born. And this matches up with this name in the books. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, I mean, it was so I had a couple of names that I had in mind. And and Blake just seemed to. That one work. It is funny. It's funny how they become that. Yeah. Like you couldn't imagine him being anything. Yeah. Um, I I wanted him to be who he represented. He represented two races. And I want, I felt like that was a, and and, and you can look at it in different ways, but right. But at the time I felt like Blake, it was just a name that fits and and he's just a, he's a Blake. When you look at him, he's just, just fits. you know what I'm saying? They become that. They become that. Right. Um, It, it's interesting because I've always loved the name Xavier. Mm-hmm. I wanted to call him X because mm-hmm. I love Malcolm X. Yep. It just would not have worked. Wouldn't have worked. Like he is he is a junior to the way we walk, our our yep. demeanors, everything. We we are literally he is literally a clone. What do you what is Which your, scares the crap out of me? Hmm? What is your approach on discipline? You know, when we were coming up you whoop him in you, when we were coming up, you got whooped. Yeah. You know. Um that's that's not cool in today's society. And I know coming up, I tried to apply that and not spank or whatever right. it is with Blake, you know. Um, but you try to get your point, you know, your point across in a way that is kind of conforming to the way society is now. Um, okay, so there are days... I don't know. I, I don't think I ever really said this to RJ as much as I, me and Austin. I said it to Austin. I would say there are days. I was like, back in the day, <laughs> <laughs> you would have got your ass whipped. <laughs> yeah. Right? Like, I would tell him that. And, it, and it, it's funny. <laughs> and, and so we, you know. And so even when I see stuff or hear stuff, like Eminem has a new song out talking about how his stepdad used to like yeah. beat the crap out of him. And, and I don't even want to get into that right now, but he listened to this song and he was like, it shook him. Like he was like, oh my God. Like, oh, I, for a lot of reasons, I, I've spanked 
I think I've, I think I spanked RJ once, uh, twice. I think I spanked RJ twice, and I think I've probably spanked our Austin twice, mm -hmm. right? The first time I remember spanking RJ, I went across. The, I was going across the street to get something out of the car, and I said, "Stay on the porch. Do not come across the street." I look up, and he's darting across the street, and I lost it. I literally lost it. I drug him in the house, and I spanked him. Not because I was mad, but because there are certain things like that was dangerous. Mm -hmm. And I had to let him know, mm -hmm. like if I if I'm if it's a security, if it's a danger, if it's a risk thing, there is no white and black. There's there's no line there. And I think I spanked RJ once. Because he disrespected his teacher. And I wanted to let him know that that was not okay. Mm -hmm. I wasn't mad. I wanted to let him know, like, that's how serious disrespecting your teacher is. Especially considering we, we, we live in an area where his teachers are what I consider overly loving. Right. You understand what I'm saying? Right. Like, this is not a disrespectful teacher. Right. And that is 100% not called for. Mm -hmm. And it's not going to be accepted. Now, he may have something in his mind that, you know, he thinks. And I can honestly say I think I've spanked Austin a couple times out of anger. And it's not like a belt spanking. Mm -hmm. It's like like the one I can remember. So I was like, give me your hand. And I would smack him across, like right across his forearm. Right. Um, and it, But it was something extreme, something he did. It was mm -hmm. something he did that was 100% not ex acceptable. But that being said, I, I do not believe in the idea of trying to prove to your kid that something is wrong with physical violence. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Because, again, that leads to them believing the way to solve a problem that you don't agree with is to hit is violence. <clears throat> you understand what I'm saying? Um, that leads to girls being okay with men hitting them mm -hmm. because their dad got mad at them right. and hit them, but their dad loves them. So if this man hits me and says he loves me, that must I be must okay. have done something wrong. Right. Yeah. I agree. And so I've never, I'm not a proponent I hope the kid's not listening because you want it. <laughs> you you want them. You want them to believe. You want them at least fear it. You want them to believe at <laughs> least that you you you, you, go, oh, you got I the capability. Hey, I, I I brought you here. I take, I take you out. out. I take you out. Right. You want to at least have that fear. Right. But yeah, I think any almost anybody will tell you, and especially a male child will tell you, my dad could beat me every day, and it didn't do anything. The day my dad said he was disappointed in me. Boy, that's it. It crushed me. That's it. Boy, that's it. Right? The thing I want my kids to understand is just respect. We don't, I don't disrespect you. Mm -hmm. Please don't disrespect me. And I believe, you know, and I know a lot of people think that's hippy dippy or whatever. <laughs> right? But if we can't live in a state of respect of each other. 
And that that's your kids, that's your spouse, that's your boss, you know, that's your employer, that's your friends, that's everything. It comes down to a state of respect. I agree. People have removed those boundaries in life. Mm-hmm. And respect is one of them. And people don't respect one another. That's where that dad comes in where you're trying to be protective and you and you just hope you can just lay a foundation again for they can get past these 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 first 20 years or whatever where they're trying to figure it out and, and you know and they can be a man and they can stand up for themselves kind of like you know? well i think the interesting <clears throat> thing is too and I, I talked about this in my the, the the last episode you know them being who you want them to be mm-hmm. it's just a different time you know and, and letting them be because it there was a time where you were you were going to become who your parent wanted you to be. I'm in the mindset, and I don't know where you are, that, again, it's a hippy-dippy mentality. I want my kid to be who he's going to be. Right? I want my kid to be who he wants to be or who they want to be, more so than who I want them to be. Right? Because I can honestly tell you I am 100% different than any of my other siblings. But I got parented like them. Yeah. And I, my biggest conflict is where do I step in as a parent with experience? And enforce certain things on my kid compared to letting them figure it out. And there's a really, if you have that mentality, I can honestly tell you, there's a really fine line of you going, I'm just going to let them be who they are, right? And then there's a part of go, well, I'm the adult and I got the experience. Mm, yeah. I should probably. And Austin and I had this this. I'm not going to call it incident, whatever, last week. And it was me going, do you want to do the X, Y, Z? And him going, no. And then me thinking through it and going, but it's the best thing for him. And as a parent, I should probably kind of say, yeah, we're, we're going to do this. You know what yeah. I'm saying? And And that's where trying to let your kid be who they are yeah. comes into play. And I think the best thing is nurturing who they are, mm-hmm. not who you want them to be, no matter what that is. Boy, that's the tough, that's the balancing act right there that you got to try to figure out, right? And, and the one thing about it is we have a lot of talks and I try to tell them with certain things come certain consequences right if you want to live a life of just doing what you want right there's a there's a chance that you're not going to have certain things if you live a life of grinding then there's a chance you're going to miss out on a lot of different things 
right? And I'm just going to touch on this real quick because that's where I am with the whole Kobe deal. I love the mama mentality. Mm-hmm. I love everything he did. And I love his mentality on that. But if he could go back now, those championships are not nearly as, as important. Like that man, that man did what he did with the idea that he was going to have 30, 40 years yeah. on the back end to make up to his family the time he was away. Mm-hmm. And he got four years. I know. You know what I'm saying? I know. And so when I hear people talking this grind mentality, grind, 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 grind. You know, it's like, no, you got to have balance because you're not promised tomorrow. And he would he would give away he would give away every one of those championships. He would give away every one of those practices. He would give away every one of those things for one more day with his daughter. Yep. One more day with his family. Yep. How let me ask you, how well do you think you know your kid? That's a good question. And I say that while you think about it. I say that because my goal, if nothing else, and this is to get into the mental health part of it, is to know them. Right? It's to know when they, something's different. Right? Something is on their mind. Mm-hmm. Um, and and maybe sometime I I'm not gonna say I jump, but like they'll say something. They'll I'll be like, "Hey, what's up?" And they'll answer me, and I'm like, "What's wrong?" Yeah, what's wrong? And they are, they're like nothing. And I'm like, "No, you, you, sh- you sound sure? a little funny." <laughs> you sure? Yeah. <laughs> you sure? Yeah. Yeah. They're like, I'm sure. And there's a way that they can say, "I'm sure." Yeah, like, yeah, I'm good. Mm-hmm. That I go, oh, okay. But I think that that's, you know, that's important. <clears throat> Excuse me. No, I is knowing. Yeah. You know, is 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 having enough distance to get, to let them be who they're going to be. Um, I think one of the hardest things for us to do, and I believe in it one hundred percent. I'm not a good practitioner of it, is to let them fall. Right, just be the safety net let them fail like that's my probably my biggest regret is not letting my kids fail enough Mm -hmm. you know Um, neither one of them are risk takers because I didn't let them take risk Mm. it's important to to be willing to take risk and I I think I did you know and and I, I say this all the time you know, one thing about parenting is you don't know you did it right until it may be too late. Right. And that's the one. There's a couple things, and I'm sure over the talking to different dads, everybody realized like how bad I really just effed this all up. <laughs> <laughs> no, man. <laughs> you know, there's a few things, but that's one is it's not letting them take the risk because. Do you feel like the older they get, the more you've backed off of that? Yes, to to a certain extent. Right. I I do. There's a part of me that's still very much. Like, 
want to control that. And this is going to sound so far-fetched, and a lot of people may not understand it. I can be so on the different spectrums, right? If something happened to my kid, there's a part of me that's like, you know, hey, stuff happens, right? Stuff happens. Mm -hmm. Then there's another part of me that's trying to make sure that none of that stuff happens. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. I do know that trying to make sure that nothing happens to them doesn't do them any justice. And it's not going to guarantee that nothing happens to them. Yep. You know, it, it reminds me of that, that video where the people like rehab, they found a rabbit and they rehabbed the rabbit, right? <laughs> they went through all this trouble to rehab the rabbit. And they had this big old, they filmed it, everything. And they let the rabbit go. And a damn hawk came <laughs> and, and grabbed the rabbit right when they let it go. Right? No. You know? so No, man. So, you know, it's like, you know, you can only protect them for so long. Right. Um, everybody used to say I grew up sheltered. You know? I was in a bubble for so long, mm -hmm. you know? Um, I was a good athlete, you know, I, I was, I was popular in school, high school and everything. And, um, everything was kind of given to me mm -hmm. and I was kind of sheltered from being exposed to some failures, being exposed to some, some risks, risks. Um, everything was kind of already calculated for me. Even not even a calculated risk, it was just calculated, and so, and and I'm going somewhere with this. And so as I got older and I got away from getting the free water burger or free, you know, because we won Friday night or you know whatever. Or if I wanted you high come school, from a small town, I come small everybody knew you. It was Friday night, like, so you shut down on Friday night. Yeah. That's where I come from. Yeah. and you know, I you know those things like that were it was just given because you could do something that entertained people. And then my parents, you know, kept me in that bubble still to where they didn't expose me to some things that may bring me back to reality or, or made me fail, whatever. Where I'm going with this is that once I got older and then I kind of got exposed where that bubble kind of wore off a little bit after college, you know, and now you're in the real world where you got to pay bills, you got to pay you know, you got you got to do all. And ain't nobody these, giving you free work. Ain't, 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 ain't nobody giving you hands. They want. They talking about where's my money? You know, um, and you and you you have the heartache of failed relationships. You have the heartache of you know maybe not getting that job, and you know you 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 may struggle on making bills ends meet on certain times, and you know that's where I look at Blake now. I don't want to put him in a bubble that I was exposed to. And although it was great at the time, because that's, that's how we're wired in society. If you can play sports and you do this, you're, you're whatever. But I want Blake to be, again, goes back to your point, to be who he's going to be. I don't need him to be validated with shooting the ball, scoring a touchdown, um, doing those things. I want him to be smart in school, obviously. And I want him to be exposed to the the real world in a sense that 
he's not going to be blindsided to where here it is 20 years later. I'm 40 years old, right? 40 plus years old. And I'm still kind of figuring it out, figuring it out mm-hmm. like that on, on different things. Mar- ma- you know, marriage is very difficult, right? It's, it's, it's one of these things that um, you have to experience it. Um, but at the same time, there are things in life that I've, I've been exposed to maybe earlier that I could have done some things differently. And so I don't want Blake to be shortchanged on those things. And that's why I, I try to keep him out of the bubble wraps just a little bit. Let him be exposed to some things. Well, I think yours are definitely way more exposed than mine. Be, just because of your situation. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. Just because of your situation. I am I am five minutes away from rescuing, right? <laughs> Which is beautiful, I, though, Randy. I mean, that's what I'm saying. Don't. That's great. And, you know, it's one of those things that, yes, I don't know if there's a right or wrong. Because I think, so, <laughs> there's, a, there's a girl that lives in the neighborhood that has walked to school every morning. I see her. Rain, shine. Sleep, snow, cold. It's going to be probably 37 degrees in the morning. She walking. She's going to be walking to school. My son gets a ride to school every single morning. Right? And it's like, you can walk. Like, it, <laughs> you know, on, my, on, my, on my best days, I'm like, yeah, he can walk. Come that morning, yeah. I'm like, all right, let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Right. I um. I literally walked. There's a main street. I literally walked him across that street till he was in the eighth grade. Like to, to the eighth grade. Yeah. When I was in the eighth grade, I walked a mile to the bus stop and rode a bus through gang territory. Like. Thirty forty five minutes away. Right, like literally on public transit. Yeah. I walked him across the street. Well, that makes sense, though, right? I mean, that makes sense because now you probably were thinking, man, you know, you wish you had a ride maybe with your dad or, or, you know, whatever. And now you're you're able to give that to your your kid now. 100%. You're able to give that to him. And that's where I come to grips with all that is what I'm able to give them. Now, one of our biggest fights, again, is, and I have, the, I have these, with, with RJ, like, the, 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 I guess the thing about me is I realize where my son is. Mm-hmm. My son is 15 years old. My son has gone out and got himself a job, right? And I'm letting him work his way into being this person that he, he's supposed to be. Whereas the younger one, the hardest thing for me on a selfish reason is trying to get them and especially him to understand the opportunities he has that I didn't, mm-hmm. that I there wish if I had these opportunities, there you go. I would have conquered the world. There you go. But here I am, 51, 
still trying to figure it all out. You don't look 51. I try not to. You don't look 51. Well, I feel it. <laughs> <laughs> I put on a good show. I feel, woo, I feel it. But that's that's my biggest frustration is them is trying to get them to understand the opportunities that's in front of them. Right? That I don't see them taking advantage of. And it scares the crap out of me. 100%. Yeah. It, it scares the crap out of me. So... I feel like I've got a chance now that, you know, that I'm coming into a maturity level to where, yeah, I may be forced to make that happen every other weekend in the month for 48 hours, you know, from the time I pick him up from school and then I have to return him basically, you know, Sunday, you know, midday or late in the afternoon. It's okay if I don't always get it in right then, but I have to make it be efficient you know right i have to value the time that we have who is your son to answer your point i don't i don't know blake yet okay. whether you know him 100 percent or not let me ask you who do you think he is i think blake is a beautiful kid because I think he has the best of both me and his mom. Okay. He's a beacon of light. He's he is he is the light to me because in this crazy world we live in, I see a kid that walks around with a smile on his face every single moment. Every single moment. And so he's just a light and he's kind of his own person. You know, I remember you, we were talking off air you know, um, you were saying RJ kind of walks and, you know, he he does everything. He looks like you and does everything like you and everything. And Blake, Blake is the same way. Blake is built just like me. Blake kind of sits in the chair like me. Um, his little, his just little mannerisms, mannerisms. <laughs> you know, it's, mannerisms. Isn't like, that the freakiest thing Yeah, in it's, the world? it's just, it's just really weird. But here's the kicker. So I kind of think RJ looks like you. Oh well, well no, I mean, RJ again. But I, I know what I, Joe looks like too, and but, I and I see Joe no, too. No, no, no. But RJ is my doppelganger. He, he is he, like everybody. He is because I'm looking. I mean, he was he was up here on on the screen here earlier. But but Blake looks nothing like me. Now my parents say he's just a light skinned version of me, right? But I don't I don't see that. I see a lot of his mom, but I see his shell overall shell without the details of his face or whatever like that. But if you see his outline of his profile, it's 100% me. Right. And, and his, his thinking, his, all those things is me, you know? And so that's how I kind of know my kid. Yeah. And I'm starting to learn Blake him, you know, who he is trying to be. You almost have to just take a step back. Just say, just let me slow down. Mm-hmm. You, you, you have to come to grips of this is a human being. They're going to be their own person. They're, and, and, spe- okay, and boys, you know, if we got into girls, I think that's a whole little different. Yeah. I think we, you and I both would probably be extremely protective of some girls. I'm protective of my kids. So probably like I'm a protective <laughs> You know what I'm like, saying? I, I don't think there would be any difference. That's how, <laughs> that's how probably crazy I am. Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm 100% admit that. Yeah. That I probably. 
And so I, I have that old school mentality, let the boys be boys. And oh, he's a boy. He's going to grow up tough and all this kind of stuff. So I kind of still have that my kind of in the tough. back of the mind. <laughs> yes, they are. No, they no, no, no. My <laughs> boys aren't tough. So, you know, I kind of have that mindset. And I, when I look at Blake, it's just amazing that he is kind of becoming his own person. person. Yeah. And I think that's beautiful. Like, I think that's, that's a beautiful thing. And now – I, I say my boys aren't tough. At the end of the day, though, the the thing about it is that's okay. It is okay. Right? It's it's okay. okay. And there's a lot of tough people around here. That's yeah, in the jail. Yeah, in the jail. Right. <laughs> exactly. No, but it's not even that. Like my oldest, RJ, on a good day, can solve a Rubik's cube in 16 seconds. That's amazing. That's his personal best. Last year, out of all the groups he could have joined at school, out of all the clubs he could have joined at school, he joined the office club. And when I say the office club, not working in the office, the people who watch the show, The Office, <laughs> and sit you gotta around be kidding. and sit around and talk The Office. Now, the thing about that is, I tease him. Lovingly, I call him a nerd. <laughs> right? And, like, that honestly is the coolest thing to me. He knows who he is. He knows what he likes. And he is no way, no way trying to be somebody else. That, that's great. That's, that's great. And, and we embrace that. And I'm grateful that he's in a place, and th and this goes out to the community, that the jock is not, I mean, the jock is probably still a big man on campus. I was the jock. But you can be in the office club and nobody cares. Exactly. You know, in, in middle school, in middle school, now I was raised in the inner city. In middle school, he took a Rubik's Cube to school every day, and he had friends that they would sit at lunch and solve Rubik's Cubes. And at no point was that an issue. At no point did anybody say anything to him that made him come home and put his cube up because he felt embarrassed. And that's a beautiful thing. To it is a beautiful thing. And so I 100% think I know my kids better than they know themselves. Okay. RJ, the oldest, is an artist. There's going to be a point, like me, that he is not happy unless he's creating. Okay. He doesn't know that yet. I knew that a long time ago. Austin, that boy has a, I called him Midas. That boy <laughs> has the Midas touch. Right? Everything he touches turned to gold. He has a charisma about him. And the thing about it that's frustrating is that he, he doesn't realize it yet and he's not using it yet, right? But, and now I think it's about knowing them and nurturing what they're, what, who you think they are, even when they don't know it. And right. like I said, that's where I get confused is nurturing what I think that they know, right? right. Nurturing what I know them to be yeah, that they don't know that they are. More so than just let it, but they still have to 
<laughs> come to that conclusion on their own. Right. And I think they will. Um, I'm separated, but very in contact. We still do holidays together. Okay. We still do special okay. events together. And I don't want to get too much into it personally, but you didn't have that. Mm-mm. Yours was a little. It was the divorce. Right. It was, there was it bitterness. Was, it was bitterness. There was, it was distance. There was pettiness. And there's no talking. Right. So for the, the dads out there mm-hmm. that. Because there's a lot of them like me right. too. Right. So for the dads out there that's going through this, contemplating going through this, mm-hmm. what was the hardest part? I think the hardest part is to come to grips of you denying your child. Probably what many of us grew up with. I think that was the hardest part for me because I did grow up with both my parents in the house. I had a great childhood, you know. Um, Now looking back, man, that's precious because there aren't many. I mean, you were telling me, you know, um, and we used to talk about this back in the day, you know, your parents were separated, you know? Oh, it was far beyond that. We'll get beyond that. You know it's not saying? that they were separated. It's, it's, it goes on to a whole different. It my goes, parents, but my, honestly, my parents were never together. See, okay. So there you, oh, there it wasn't you, there even you go. They, they and so there yet. are a lot of people out there like that to where they didn't have their parents in the same house, you know, when we were growing up. And so that is the one regret that I do have is that I've denied my son this. And now I've had him grow up in a, in a two home, you know, kind of a blended kind of, you know, kind of life now. Okay. So without going into that, what advice can you give somebody? What I can give as far as the main thing is that, um, if you are separated from your child's, significant other and you are remarried uh, there's two things I want to go here if you are remarried to somebody what you have you what I have you need to make sure your new spouse is 100% bought in to being a parent to your kid it has to be that way there's no there's no in between there's no oh kind of sort they need to be fully submersed into helping you raise a child especially if it's a young kid now if you got some teenage and stuff that's that is a little bit different dynamic but if you've got a child under the age of 10 we'll just say that even 11 12 mm-hmm. that other person that you have a relationship with needs to be committed second um if you are single and you are looking to get a it's all about you and that child. That's first. Every decision that you make, the next house you move in, um, you, next you job know, you take, next job you take. Right, thank yeah. you. Um, you know things like that. It has to be focused on the kid. It has to be focused on your child because that is your priority, right? Um, even if, you know, in my situation where it's 30, 35, 40 miles where I just can't go drive down the street, I can't just go pick him up. I mean, I can, you know, mm-hmm. um, you, you, you've, you've, it, it has to be about, about them. It really does. And I'm sure you've had some angry times. 
Oh, yeah. What advice can you give people from the mental side to stay mentally sane in all of this and to you know that's a that's a that's a thing that I really really struggle with for a long time you need to surround yourself with sound-minded people you need to surround yourself with family obviously that's a main thing I know that's cliche to say but family can help you get through a lot of different things um go talk to somebody about it go 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 talk to a per, a specialist there's nothing wrong with that that's the whole thing with mental illness everybody gets the misconception oh you got a mental illness oh he's going to there's nothing wrong with going to talk to a counselor you know we have built in society to where that's frowned upon it sometimes and no you know these guys in the NFL they're coming out now and talking about they have mental illness and stuff you know of that nature but the NFL is good about trying to help these men, right? And help these whoever. And that's the main thing is go out and get help, be able to talk. But at the same time, when I say that, it's it's tough when you're going through it because you're going through it so much and it's hard to kind of come to the realization that, that what you're what you're dealing with. So um, you just have to be able to surround yourself with people that are there to support you through those times. So you think support is, is, is I think, I think, I think that's, that's, that's the main thing is, is surround yourself with people that have the best interest for you, obviously, and want to help you. And sometimes it takes people telling you things that you don't want to hear. Mm-hmm. You know, um, it's, it's, it's about things that you have to come to grips with that you may be doing that you're in it so much you don't realize you're doing it but it takes somebody from the outside to say hey man you know what you, you're doing you're doing this man you need to you need to chill out uh-huh. you know yeah um and i think a lot of times speaking to a counselor just having somebody that doesn't have a dog in the fight sometimes can be the difference is that I mean, political correct can we talk about dog fights I'm like, <laughs> you know I'm, what I mean? Not, no, you know what I mean. That, I'm, very, that don't I'm, have very, a, I'm very intrigued by that because there's so many old sayings <laughs> that we say that we're just like, there's we no just dog in the fight. You're like, oh, I don't know if I should be saying that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, yeah. no. But no, I, I understand what you're saying. Yeah, and and, and I agree with you. Um, I think the thing that's happening, especially with black men, that I, I just love. And I've been telling this people this a lot lately because I noticed it a lot lately. Is I've never seen so many men, one, willing to get help. One, two, willing to say, you know, if nothing else, things aren't great. They might not go into details, but they're not going to put up this front that things are great. Mm -hmm. A lot of times. And man, the most beautiful thing to me is 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 how many guys I we just had a couple of in a couple of events where I was we went to lunch to celebrate somebody's birthday or to celebrate something. And to see so many men, black, white, or other, stand up, look each other in the eye and say, Man, I love you. Right? Like, I love you is the most beautiful thing in the world to me. Yeah. Right. And, and I think that we are seeing that, um, 
a lot and and I think it's helping a lot, you know, and the guys that are willing to say, hey, I'm not doing well today. You know, I think that's important, you know, and and that goes back into saying. I need to see somebody or talk to somebody, mm-hmm. um, you know, or, or whatever. And, and I think that that is definitely the way because I, I think no matter how good it is. Right. There's still a mental aspect that goes on with it. So I can't imagine what it's like when it doesn't go well, when there's bitterness, when there's this idea of winning. Mm -hmm. Right. If men or women, I really hope there's women that listen to this because I believe that they can get something out of this by listening to men's story. They better understand men and where they're coming from. But I do believe that in listening to this, that like people can get something from it. I think so too. You know, and and people can learn to be honest with each other. Yeah. You know, and and whatever. So we covered a lot of ground, but I think if you weed and sift through some of the, you know, the golf stories, obviously, there's some value into this, <laughs> right? You know, I mean, somebody can, you know. Well, that's my goal. That's that's the goal of yeah, this. Is yeah. Because, like I said, I think we're in new territory. And I've seen so many people lose it all in order to win. Mm-hmm. Right? And there's no win. Only, win that, only people that win is lawyers. They, <laughs> yeah. They get the boat. They get uh, the Lambo. Yeah. Right? And you have liquidated everything you have. Yeah. I saw that with my best friend, you better be listening. You know who you are. They lost everything. Only people won was the lawyers. Just because somebody wanted to win, and there is no win. Right. So if 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 you walk away with anything from this, like if somebody's listening, it's, it, you can't win. It's not about winning. No. Anyway. So yeah, man. Um, I'm not even quite sure I touched on everything. I think we got some good stuff in. I think so. I can't tell you how much this meant to me. Um, Like I said, the fact that it came to me that you needed to be the first person here and you did not, you definitely did not let me down and you did not disappoint. And um, I'm so honored again to have you here. Oh man, I appreciate it. And We'll definitely have to do it again. Yeah. And I hope you enjoyed it. Enjoyed it. LD, man, is there, where, where can people find you? Because like I said, you, you, you know, as, as cool as we are, you are a personality. Um, I guess I got to embrace that, right? Yeah. I got to, I got to accept that. Yeah, you're you're a personality. And so where can people find you? Yeah. I'm on Twitter. You don't do Instagram, do you? I don't have Instagram. I kind of, I, I kind of cut down my resources to just Twitter right now. Okay, but you can find me at Ladarin L A D A R R I N underscore McLean M C L A N E. Um. On Twitter. Let me ask you: Why should people follow you? Being a sports broadcaster, it's easy to get into mainstream where you say cliche things, right? Right. 
I pride myself on saying the things not cliche. Okay. I say the things that people think, but they don't say it. Right. Okay. That's that's why you want to follow me. Okay. The Super Bowl, right? You know, from being around here, we all love Patrick Mahomes. He's from Texas. He's we feel like he's one of our own. We love it. But there's no way in heck they should have won that game, right? The 49ers gave them that game. Now, granted, Pat Mahomes made excellent plays. You know you're crazy, right? I think it's Black Saturday. See what I'm saying? See what I'm saying? <laughs> there, this is what you will they, find on my Twitter hey, feed. They 100% you, you should not have lost you that game. You didn't on my Twitter feed. <laughs> they 100% should again. not have lost that game. The 49ers it have even been are that the better team. Man, you on crack. They had the best team. So, but anyway – we could go in and start, you know, that we might as well hey, you do know that one day. I'm going to have to bring you on to sit with some sports. Austin Boss. I'll sit with Austin Boss. We, 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 we talk sports on, on that podcast. Hey, let me just pick Again, that, that's, that's the Boys yeah. Talk Stuff podcast. Um, I would with, love with to piggyback off Austin Boss. Yeah. Oh, I don't know, man. He might give you a run. <laughs> <He laughs> when I heard, yeah. But I, yeah. I got to get better. Understanding how important social media is, and I don't think you do it for the followers. No, right? Which you probably should because of what you do. But hey, give them a follow. Yeah. And um, if you would, if you enjoyed this, if you uh, especially if you stuck around this long, man, you know this is just the beginning. And so you know, if you would please subscribe. You know, lock in that RSS feed on um, Anchor. And on Apple and Spotify, we're still getting distributed. So we should be out to eight to ten um, streams here pretty soon. And there's, like I said, there's a YouTube channel that I plan on sharing a lot of this information and, sh- and sharing a lot of resourceful information for people like Ladaren that yeah. found himself taking care of a kid, you know, when his kid came to visit. Like, again, like trying to find stuff to eat. Yeah. Right? Like that's a big deal. That's a big deal. So, you know, I'll, I'll be sharing recipes and things like that on there and doing reviews yeah. of different products that, again, make parenting easy. Like that, that's what I, I want to do and sharing stories, things like that. Of course, you know, there's all the social media, the Instagram and the Twitters and things like that, all under Dad's Crib, D-A-D-Z-C-R-I-B. You should be able to find it all there. So, you know, I would definitely like for you to give me a follow. Hit me up on the Facebook page because that is where we're going to try to build a community where we can discuss these things and vent and talk and answer questions. So, hey, you know, I'm, I'm definitely going to get LD in there. I don't, I don't think he does Facebook, but get anyway. But we'll find a way to get questions if you have questions, even on your golf swing. You know? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Why not? You know, if you, if you got questions about different things like that. You know, hit me up on the Facebook page, and it is a private Facebook page, so not everybody will be able to see, and that's going to be our place to hang out and vent and talk and ask questions and and learn and teach each other. And um, so for this episode, this first episode, I am appreciative of you being here, brother. Thank you, brother. And we will see you next time. And as always, thanks for hanging out with me at Dad's Crib. Anytime. Thank you.